Rowdy podcast, the yeah. first ever video podcast that we've done. Number one. Courtesy of Sam Grow. Una. Dude, good to we see got, you, man. We got some drinks. Oh, uh, yeah. Got what some you, good whiskey What here. are you sipping right now? That Dickle that you have Oh, that's the good there. stuff. That's a 15 years Dickle. Cheers to y'all. My glass says America, so. It's better than mine. Mine's, Yours says, says Jack, Jack Daniels, Daniels which yeah. is good, too. I you do know? love good Jack Daniels. Just I have a, cross-branding. Yeah. I have a good, I mean, you one-up me, but I have like, you know, a nice Jack Daniels topper. You have the whole barrel. You know, yeah. <laughs> gotta do what you can. You know, yeah, man. Well, we got a really good deal on that, though. That's really? how I got that. Yeah, it's... I drove by some place and they had like four or five of them left. Yeah, and they were outside. I guess wherever they were, it was like overstocked. Yeah, and uh, so we straight overstocked that condom, and I was like, hey, how much is that? And they were like a buck twenty-five. I was like, how about seventy-five? And they took it. Heck yeah! Threw it in the back truck. Negotiation, man. Hey, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, man, I. Uh... We've done a podcast before, but it's been a while. Your world was a lot different back then. Yeah, I think both of our worlds were a lot yeah, different back man. then. Nicky T. Yeah, I was I was in a I was doing RV life back then. Yeah, and which uh, was cool. Like, yeah, I think you'll look back on that in the long run and be like, "Remember that RV we had back in the day?" Yeah, I still got it. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, dude. I Hell keep yeah. all the stuff that like I feel like is gonna have sentimental value later on. Yeah, I keep all of it. Like Maybe I have my first truck. You have your first still have my though. first truck I ever Dang. had, like bought, drove, learned how to drive. I still have that one, and my first motorcycle. I still have my first bike. Heck yeah, yeah, man. So my first RV, I figured I better keep it. Maybe I'll borrow from it. Dude, come on, man. You go Take roll up to, to the KOA. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Well, man, uh, first podcast we did was November of 2018. Crazy. One of our one of my first podcasts over at Jurgles, and now uh, you were. Down here in Nashville, which is where you were before, but now I'm down here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stoked. We've talked about uh, coming out here and you showed me around the place, and I'm glad that it finally worked it out. It finally happened, man. Yeah, man. And we just made everybody come with cameras and yeah. record, you know? It's like we can make it a whole thing a write-off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Write this off. And yeah. I mean, you got me double fisting, which is totally on brand for Yeah, me. dude, I knew you were coming, so I had to put some shiner in the fridge. Yeah, dude, you I know? love shiner box. I do, Great too. Beer. And it was like, I felt like it took a while for it to catch on for some reason. Yeah, you know? it's good. It's like yeah. the yingling of uh, Texas. Yeah. You know? the, the country boy yingling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, man, uh, so when we talked about that first podcast, we talked about kind of how you were doing things that grassroots way and how that's how you grew up. Right. And that's how you started getting traction. Yeah, man. So with COVID happening, uh, I know you started doing a grassroots thing that's kind of helped you keep momentum going. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the, obviously I think every label person in town, when COVID hit, they wanted all their artists to kind of stay home. And I did. I listened for 45 days. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I caught every fish I could catch in my pond and yeah. shot every gun I had here. And then I got bored. And lucky for me, um, you know, my label's owned by Colt, and Colt yeah. loves to play. Right. So I called 
you know, Brad, my manager, was like, hey, I want to go play. And he's like, what are, what are you going to do? Like, everything's shut down. You can't ride around. He's like, you've been prissy. He calls me princess. So he's like, you've been prissy all year riding around in a tour bus with a driver. Like, you can't do that. So you can't play any venues. What are you going to do? And I was like, well, I looked up some of the most strict states and what the regulations were. And they were saying at the time you could still have 10 people at their yeah. house. So I was like, I'm going to go play backyards. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, how are you going to get there? I said, I'll drive my truck. He said, you're going to drive your own truck to people's houses. I was like, yeah. He goes, well, if you can set it up and, like, get people to actually want that, I'll organize it all for you and you can go. But I don't think anybody's going to want you to do that. So I got on Facebook, put out a status, and uh, I got 33 dates in 17 states. I only wanted to play Fridays and Saturdays, but I ended up in that first run playing Thursday through Sunday and uh, got stacked for those two months I wanted to go out, three months. And then uh, took a break, and during that break, Brad called and was like, hey, man, there's a whole bunch more people that want you to come out and play. Are you down to do more dates? And I was like, sure. So I did another status. We booked even more shows, and, I mean, dude, by the end of it, we played 87 shows from the East Coast all the way out to the West Coast. Drove it all in my truck. I put 100,000 miles on my truck. (laughs) And uh, just had a blast out there doing it. Dude, I I think that shows you what – music what live music does to folks right like that's how much during that time when it was the darkest for fans and for people in general that shows you what that little bit of brightness will do for someone's life yeah i mean there's so many people that it was awesome because like i just done the brantley gilbert cruise and stuff and so there was like people that had done that brantley cruise and they were like you know going to concerts and doing music is our whole life right like I, and you don't, I don't think you think about it as a musician because you're playing the shows. But for some people, like, this was a real wake-up call for me. For some people, like, that's what they work hard for. Like, they work hard for, you know, getting to go to the concerts, buying the tickets, being in the pit, like, living that experience. And when you take that away from them, it hurts them just as much as it hurts us. And yeah. It's just real beautiful, man, what, what music is. And I thought, you know, selfish of me to think that, I'm getting all the, you know, joy out of this when in reality it's a shared joy where somebody in the audience loves it just as much as I do. Absolutely. And that's kind of the founding of Ray's Rowdy. You know what I mean? That's who we are and what our crew of folks is based on, right? We're country music fans. We're people that go to shows that yeah. when you go to your show, you think about what your next show coming up is. From you know? don't go, baby. That's it, man. <laughs> we live that fan lifestyle you know and uh so and I, I mean even on your tour you got to go up and do one at one of our writers sarah's house yeah you know? that was so sick too yeah like and then her son was an absolute boss at uh cornhole yeah <laughs> and everybody like nobody wanted to pick him which i thought was hilarious in the end because they literally couldn't get off get us off the board so, like, <laughs> it's me and sarah's son we were killing him oh man you know? that's so, great just a little suggestion if you're ever up there Pick Sarah's son. Pick Sarah's son. Yeah, dude. He's a beast. Yeah. And, and he hates to lose, man. Like, hates to lose. I was like, hell yeah. Killer mentality. Spirit. I love it. Yeah. yeah. But, man, I, I think that it's crazy because it takes you from all the success you were having. You were out on the road with a tour bus and, you know, getting to play bigger venues. And it takes you back to that grassroots where you started, you know? Yeah. So I told people the whole time. And I hate to tell this story because I feel like it makes me sound ungrateful. So I want to preface it by saying, like, I'm extremely grateful that I got the record deal. I got 
the records to do well, that I got to a tour bus, that I got to do it, like, I'm grateful for it. It's right. what every musician, when they Once. think about being a musician, that's what they think. Yeah. But I got into music because I love people. Like, I like to hang out with people. I like to enjoy the show just as much as anybody else enjoys a show. Yep. So when I was on the bus, although it was great, I'm not allowed to get off of it. There's a schedule right. panned out for me every day. There's a set 35 people that I can say hi to. When I'm playing on the road with like other major artists that are on different uh, booking agencies, you're not allowed to go out in front of the stage while they're on stage, so you can't watch the show because they say it's a distraction to the artists on the stage. Yeah. So I can't enjoy beers watching whoever with people. So I got to a place where I was pretty miserable. Like I didn't get to see you know, where I wanted, you know, what I wanted to do and see where I was. Like, uh, I remember we were on one run and Joe, who has been one of my best friends for 11 years, right. he kind of got shifted into a, a boss position where I'm like, normally he would go and, you know, fuck off with me. Right. But I'm like, Hey man, two people want me to go fishing. Can I go fishing? And he's like, no, you got sound check at this time. You got this at this time. You can't, you're not allowed to go. And it, it sucked for me because, yeah. like, I play music because I want to live life. Right. So what this did for me was allowed me to understand what made me fall in love with playing music in the first place. Yeah. And that's singing for people, real people, hanging out with them, and that connection. So, I mean, me and Brad talked about it. Every year I'm going to do a Backyards and Bonfires. Heck yeah. So, like, COVID, not COVID, I don't care. Like, every single year I'm going to set out a month, month and a half, to go and play people's backyards. Yeah. You know, I just, I want to do it. And I think like that level of fan, someone that brings you into their home. Dude. Yeah. They're like, yours forever. How, and how like honorable is that? Like I tell people every time, like they, they're like, Oh, it's so dope. You're here. I'm like, no, it's so dope. You're having me here. Like yeah. this is your house, your people, your kids, your family, and you're allowing me to come in, you know, and be a part of that. Yeah. And you know, they're showing me around their yard. They're telling me, you know, it's showing me the old cars that their, you know, grandfather helped built now got passed down to them. They're showing me pictures, you know, of their family and stories of their family. And dude, me as a songwriter, I'm like, I can't get enough of this, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, please give me all the stories, you know? <laughs> so it, it, it was just a, an awesome experience. And I, I I'm, th I mean, COVID was a very, very hard thing for a lot of people, but I'm thankful that it was a great experience for me. Yeah. And I think there's a couple things you could do, right? You could either sit on your hands mm -hmm. and, you know, just do other stuff and not try to, you know, hone your craft. Or you could have just like went the songwriting route and just hit songs, hit songs. Yeah. Or you could do what you did, which was go out, make fans that are going to be your fans for life or make fans that were your fans be even bigger fans, yeah. you know? Yeah. And connect with your audience in a different way. Yeah. Now they, they know me. Know, like I've gotten exactly with these people, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I tell, I tell people all the time, like, the show, the show happens. It's like me acoustic with uh, my guitar player, right. Alex, and we play for, you know, an hour, hour and 15 minutes, but then we always hang after, and the hang after is, like, my favorite, dude. Yeah, like, you know? and probably their favorite, too. Like, they, they love so the show. But yeah, so much fun. They're getting FaceTime with someone, because if you think about a meet and greet, right? Yeah. A meet and greet experience, even if it's an extended meet and greet where you have less folks and you're hanging a little... Yeah. It's not super organic. I feel like every artist feels like meet and greet is a little, like this word kind of sucks, but it's true. It just feels a little icky. It's sterile. Know? Yeah. It's like 
man, this person paid an extra $35 to say hi for three minutes and take a picture. Yeah. It's like, ugh, you know, like, yeah. and I feel like all of them feel that way. I know Luke was like that for a long time. Luke was like, I don't want to do this. And then, so for a long time, he was like, if you're going to make me do this, 100% of this money is going to charity. Yeah. So he did that for a long time. Like just, and I think all artists feel that way. Most of them, majority, some don't, you know. But you probably don't talk about them anyway. But, you know, like you want to talk to cool ones. <laughs> yeah. But like you know, I feel like all of us kind of have that general consensus, and I feel like it's way more general or like or personal yeah. to to do it that way to to have real conversation, real time, just like that, uh, like that cameo shit, like yeah. where people pay for someone to say happy birthday. I was like, you suck, literally suck the joy out of that, you know, like by charging someone to say happy birthday it yeah. just feels again like icky to me you know that uh brings me to a moment um and something i i don't know if i ever told you how much it meant but that message you sent to for me to send to my mom oh man man like that literally had my mom in tears when i played oh, for her you know what i mean awesome. like it it she loves what i'm doing you know she loves the what i'm building and what i'm trying to build and the you know how much passion i have for it yeah but a moment like that from, again, remember I was like, dude, you're my mom's favorite song. Whenever she yeah. listens to my radio show, Hell song yeah. about you, she's like, that's the one. That's my favorite it. song. It, so when you sent that video, she literally, my mom was in tears, oh. you know, listening to it and oh. made me play it for every time I'm around oh, I love her. that, dude. Man, so. I mean, it's important. Dude, I, I mean, I told you the first podcast we did when us and the Cadillac 3 I just, I believe in what you're doing for an artist. And I was super stoked when you moved here because, I mean, I've been here for six years now. And I, especially what you do for the new artist and like how you are, uh, there's not a lot of safe places to land here if you're a new artist. Like, I feel like everybody, the minute you come in, especially if you are got some heat on you a little bit when you move into town, there's a lot of gunners here that they just want to, they feed off and get paid off kids dreams you right know? and you're not like that no and i think the more people we can have that in this town and that's kind of how nashville was for a long time it was so genuine and then business like it always does when you put money in business it gets things kind of ugly so yeah dude i'm pumped you're here yeah. dude i'm stoked to be here too yeah. and uh no we've gotten to hang out a little bit yeah but uh yeah, man. man, uh, what's well, we mentioned song about you, which is still to this day my mom's favorite song. Hell yeah. So let's I'm talk put about that. Shit is like one of my one liners for like, you know, when they do this one sheet. Yeah, Nikki T's mom's favorite <laughs> Nikki, song. Yeah, Nikki T's mom's favorite song. <laughs> five stars. Yeah, five stars. <laughs> Nikki T's mom. Nikki T's yeah. mom. <laughs> but man, that song, again, I think that was a crazy moment, right? Like yeah. the world opened up and it's kind of your spreading the wings moment, right? In terms of a song, like really, really breaking. Yeah. Which you know? was so weird too. Cause like the timing of it, like, yeah. it came out in April. Yeah. So right after like when quarantine was like real heavy and everybody just really, I don't feel like anybody wanted to listen to music at that. I didn't think, you know, but boy, was I wrong more than ever. Yeah. We put it out and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, you know, people are really listening to this thing. And then started hitting some more playlists, and I was like, "Man, like this is really taking off." And then John Marks, shout out John Marks, uh, he picked it up, put it on Hot Country, Apple, all my 
favorite people over there picked it up and put it on today's country and then i was like this is really starting to happen which was again a weird thing for me because it's like man you wait your your whole life to get to a place where a song pops off like that and then you're like i can't wait till i go play a show yeah and there's no shows you know like <laughs> when but, you were playing them you were just playing them to yeah, uh you know yeah, 35 folks exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly but yeah man that was a, a game changer for me and i'll give credit every time to taylor phillips um, he wrote the song with um, Kenton Bryant and uh, Joey Hyde. And it's a killer trio right there. Hell yeah, dude. You yeah. can't write a bad song that day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, luckily, Taylor, he called me the day, like the day they wrote it. And he was like, man, you need to cut this song. This is your song. And that was when I was cutting the Love and Whiskey album. Yeah. And uh, it didn't happen because Warner heard the song. And they were like, nope, we're pitching this to some legitimate artists you know because like at the time i'm so new i just signed to average and like you know the town is like oh it's a baby artist yeah so they i got the song kind of taken away from me because uh two bands who will go unnamed uh they put it on hold then both of them lost their record deals so then when i went back in to cut more songs taylor was like cut this song (laughs) so we cut it and there you go man i think it's gonna i'm not gonna say think it's going to be my first gold record, and that means so much to me because Taylor was one of my first yeah. friends. Yeah, one town. of your good friends still. Yeah, yeah, like one of my best friends. Like yeah. right now, if he called and was like, hey, "I'm stuck in a ditch," I'd figure a way to get to him, and vice versa. He'd do the same thing for me. So yeah. cool that one of the biggest milestones of my career will be with one of my greatest friends. You yeah. Know? So yeah, I'm you're gonna be playing that song at every show. Yeah, you know? dude, and That's, I love it. Right, I love it's a great it, song. You know? Yeah, thanks, that's a great buddy. song to play at every show. Thanks, you know? I love it. I love it too because I tell people all the time when like people are like, "Oh, that's a great song." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I can brag on it because I didn't write it." So. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, "Yup." Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, because I remember when I was like, "Man, send me like, what song should I be playing to yours now?" Because I have a little radio show. If you're listening to this and you don't already know, I have a show called uh, Raise Rowdy Radio. It's it's not little. It's a great freaking. Show. Uh, it is, but He's uh, being modest. we're working on trying to make it you know bigger. Um. Hopefully in 2021 that happens. Well, but I remember when you sent it to me, you're like, you can play this a little early. You're like, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. And yeah. <laughs> my, so, my label people are in here. Yeah. <laughs> Got it out there a week earlier too on the radio, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and then played it, uh, just, just streaming. Sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily these are my people at the label. So yeah. they're not going to come down on me too hard. But man, like. I th- again, for me, as someone that has a radio show, that was so cool to like be able to get a song that was a, a little bit before it was even dropped on streaming. Dude, I sent you this down before, anyway. exactly. You know? Yeah, like, and I'm about to send you the next one before. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just you learn you just learn that like now I feel like you're like okay I won't do it yet. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You know yeah mainly because I think you came became homies with Claire too over at the label. Oh so uh, yeah, <laughs> you're like I won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, I think it's uh. I just think it's cool to like a as a fan of music to get to hear songs first right like yeah. that's one of the coolest parts about what i do well that's the crazy thing too is i value your opinion so much so and i'm all, i'm insecure about every song i put out you know like i'm never secure in anything that i do especially if i if i'm a writer on it so the best thing for me is like i appreciate and respect your taste so I like being able to send it to you so you yeah. can tell me like, nah, dog. plus we have that kind of relationship where you're yep. like, no, you know, or just don't respond. Then I know it's a no, you know, yeah. like it's a pass. But so it makes it tough when you have these kind of platforms and stuff. Cause like, if it's great, you're like, well, 
fuck, I want to play this right now. Yeah, you know? yeah. But luckily, we still can can bounce stuff off because, man, still to this day, your opinion matters, you know, to me, and and that's hard to find, and you know, anybody because there's so many people, especially if they're a part of a team, where they don't want to tell you honestly whether it sucks or not. You know? Yeah. So it's nice to have friends that really have a good ear and. You do, man. You got a great set of years. So. Thanks, man. Yeah. I, and, dude, this town, speaking of that, the yeah. new single, which I'm playing on the radio this week, yeah. just did the episode last night. Not the first time I'm playing it. Played it last week as well. Yeah. But, man, that's another freaking banger. Thanks, bro. Yeah, it's been the biggest of my career first week out. Yeah. It got 100,000 streams, you know, first week, over 100,000 streams first week, and uh, just crushing. And I, I'm grateful. And song about you gave me some really good uh you know momentum and then the me and mine ep did as well yeah and yeah so now it's just trying to do what i can to keep keep the the tide rising yeah know? are you guys booking any shows other than yeah nice fortunately which has been a good problem um i don't get to really like push them out yeah because like we just we just sold two out in delaware I don't play them until late March, and they sold out in like a couple of days. That's amazing. So, and we didn't even get to like talk about it. Right. Like the the guy who booked the first show, he called Brad and was like, "I want him to come and do one, COVID seating, whatever limited seating." Right. And he was like, "I want to put it out." He put it out and it sold out. And then he called Brad and was like, "Shit, uh, it's gone. Can we do <laughs> another one?" Yeah. So then we did that one, and it was only out for a couple of days, and that sold out. So. It's kind of doing something cool for music right now, and dude, I like I said, I love doing this acoustic stuff because yeah. I just feel like it doesn't have as much, I don't know, glitter attached to it. You know, yeah. so like you can just hang and have fun. But there's something about a full band Sam Gross show too, man. Hell yeah, dude, your band's killer. You've been yeah. with a lot of the guys for a long time, yeah. you know, and uh, it has that like more rock and edge to it. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah, dude. Two of the members, I mean, Gene and Mike, uh, they found me i tell people all the time like <laughs> they played music in the in the 80s they were all in those 80s like hair bands yeah you know they're great bands. players yeah and and they found me so they were rockers naturally and then they kind of instilled that in me like i didn't know shit about music you know like yeah and mike would just play me a bunch of stuff and then of course i started writing with gene and 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 just hanging with him to understand his path as a writer and music and those guys, man, I mean, what an era to be performers. Yeah. Like, it's just, there's it a good good thing to grow up with. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's like, it's like having two uncles that have been there before. Yeah, yeah. They're exactly. there with you on the road. So, like, and... two really dope uncles. Right, like, yeah. Be extremely poor with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in a van. Like, yeah. we talk about that shit all the time. Like, me and Mike and Gene especially, like, we're on the bus and... uh those guys have been, you know, because I was 16 when I started playing. So it was like my mom basically going, you know, see your son and just trusting me with these two older guys right. to just like be my dads out there. Yeah. And they were. So like the journey that they've seen happen with me, like they celebrated, I feel like, as if a dad would celebrate with a son, you know, like. Yeah. And um, they watched you grow as, yeah. a, as an artist, but also as a man. Yeah. And they help. I mean, they help make me be the person I am, too, man. Like they influenced me heavily. I mean, from 16 to now, those were my guys. But they they laugh about that all the time because, you know, then we ended up on the bus. And I'm like, how crazy is this? And of course, Gene and Mike are like, we knew it was always going to be here. 
Yeah. You know, we, we knew this was going to be here. But those are guys that played the weekend with me for no money. And when we did get paid, it was like $75. And they were playing like four-hour sets and sleeping in a van with me. Like riding in three separate cars to New York City just so I could play uh, the bitter end, you know, like because it's a legendary club for right. no money. Like, I don't know. Like, if you can't hang with those kind of people and keep them in your life forever – you, I, you're just me and you aren't the same you know yeah so dude I, I totally feel that and i know like when we did our first podcast like you said that that was one of the things that made you love average joe's mm-hmm. was like you came and said this is my band yeah and this is who i'm keeping in my band yeah and they were like cool we appreciate yeah that. well lucky for me best sales pitch in the world the whole reason how that happened small world is taylor happened to be i mean colt invited me out to play those shows because he heard the blame mm-hmm so I went out and did that tour, and one of the, the stretches that I was on, Taylor was on the bus riding with Colt, and Taylor happened to look at the day sheet and was like, holy shit, this is my best friend. He's playing today? Colt was like, yeah, and Taylor was like, you got to get him on the bus, man. Like, you got to come, you got to talk to him. So Taylor gets me up there, and we talk, and me and Colt, you know, he's, I feel like he's a lot of the things that I want to be and I strive to be, you yeah. know, as an artist. And, uh, at, like, as we were talking, we get, I get off the bus to go get ready for the thing, and Taylor told him the whole story because Colt was like, why, is, why doesn't he have a deal? Like, why doesn't he do anything? And so Taylor told him, like, how I told everybody no when they try to fire my band and, like, you know, own a lot of the masters and, like, do all that stuff. And so after we played the show, Colt, like, while we were on stage, Colt came in and watched us play. And then he brought me back on the bus. And literally, my record deal happened to how it happens in, happens in the movies, which that never happens that way, ever. <laughs> right. And uh, he invites me back on the bus, and he's like, hey, watch your show. A, I don't want you to get rid of any of your band. You can have what whoever in your band, whenever you want in your band. I don't want to change any of it because I have people in my band who have been with me the whole time. So I don't want to change that. He's like, B, I'm not going to tell you anything to do with your different with your music. I want you to be you because – that's the best kind of music you can put out is as long as you're being a reflection of yourself. He's like, and, uh, and I promise you, I'm not going to change anything. I just want more people to hear your music, right. you know? So it happened and he's like, tell me what you want on a deal. And I told him what I wanted and I got it, all of it, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's been an awesome relationship and I just got a great scrappy team and I would put my people up against anybody else. In yeah. Town, you know? It's uh, it's crazy too. Like thinking back, and I listened back this week to that first podcast we did. Yeah. And talking about just how the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just signed the deal, and you were like leaking clips of songs, mm-hmm. right? Which now, two years later, is so commonplace. Yeah. Right. Though people were doing it on on Instagram stories, people were doing it on TikTok. You were doing that before it was like a thing that people that are signed to a label were doing. You know, yeah, you were ahead I, of the game on that. I, th- I mean, I think that, again, I, I'm blessed to be at a place where I have a label that understands that we all aren't shit unless the people who are buying and supporting the music are buying and supporting the music. Right. You know, so yep. I got to do what I wanted. Like, I still don't knock artists for not being able to do that because, man, those contracts, bro, are right. insane. <laughs> like, right. I'd love to be, like, even your biggest artist right now, like, even if you pull up a Luke Combs contract, I would love for Luke to be able to go look at this shit. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like show what he had to sign over to get to where he is now. But, and good on him for, you know, 
being willing to do it. Plus, he's got Cappy, who's a damn genius. So I'm sure they're. I'm sure they figured a way to get out of whatever and triple down on whatever they have now. But like, well, and that's part of Luke's success too, man. He's one of those guys that's known for doing that same thing, right? Yeah. Known for putting songs out and seeing how the fans react to them, you yeah. know. And since then, like stuff like TikTok, that that's how artists are exploding now, yeah. you know. Where it was like, there's always a platform that's helping, right? And right now it's like that, but when you were doing it, it was like Instagram was kind of like that platform, yeah. right? So yeah. like when you were coming up right before you got a record deal, if you were playing a song on Instagram, that's where you were getting your traction. Yeah, 100%. you know, so it's always something that's coming and something that's next, and it's just using the resources you have and using the talent that you have to get it out there. I tell people all the time, man, like if I was starting my career today, yeah, like if I was day one starting my career in music unless i was signing i don't just say this because two of them are sitting here it's not like colt's staring me down right now but if if you aren't signing to a label like average joe's which is a master ownership artist first kind of label i wouldn't sign a deal like the way that things are now dsps were something that i saw and were as you know a younger artist coming up and going, this is it. Like, I don't want to chase down radio. I want to chase down DSPs. Right. And luckily that ended up, I mean, I, I took a bet and luckily the bet worked, you know, but yep. now everybody knows like yep. DSPs are where it's at. That's how kids find music. Like my, my daughter who is, you know, about to be 13. She, if I told her today, I had a number one song at radio, she'd be like, well, how many, streams does it have on spotify you yeah know, like yeah it doesn't mean anything the world's changing yeah, it's completely shift dude. Yep. like and so i don't know it, it's it's awesome where it is as an artist now it's yeah the possibility is so much greater before than what it was before it was like you have to get in with these gatekeepers yeah you have to do this and now with social media and, and dsps like 1099 bro you can upload your song and you yeah. can get a bunch of people to hear it you know Dude, and that's it. It it lets it lets the ground be evened out a little bit, yeah. right? So it lets yeah. and even for a label that's a smaller label, it gives them the ability to fight the big dogs very well. Yeah, dude. Look at I mean, a lot of them. Like, we have a lot of friends at Big Loud, and like that label when they first started in town, people thought they were like a joke, you know? Yeah. And they were also, you know forward on the ds forward minded on the dsp stuff too and look at them now yeah know? there's they're the biggest label in my opinion you know like if you if you're if talking you say major someone labels, has more smoke yeah. right now like yeah no one has more smoke yeah, than them exactly right now. dude exactly yeah. and they're scrappy you yeah. know and you know i love everybody over big loud but average joe's coming for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> dude that's what it's about though like it's about taking things the way they're done and being mindful of that but then flipping it on its side and looking at how you can work around it to get to where you're going faster. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what it's cool to see, you know, partner labels like you were talking about, you know, like guys that are there and they're, 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 they're about the music. They're about, you know, that part of it. Yeah. It's cool to see the success that labels like that are having. Yeah. And it's cool to see the success that artists are having with labels like that. I would say too, and I, I would argue to say that, I think that why Average is doing as well as it's doing, why Big Loud is doing as well as it's doing, why Smack is doing as well as it's doing, yep. is 
because those are artist based labels. Yeah. You know, like they understand the writing side and the artist side of the whole business. So they're forward thinkers. They're not the big, you know, old school suit that is doesn't know shit about music, just keeps like throwing, you know, betting on black or red on the table and seeing what happens, you know. Yeah. Like these are actual artists that actually write songs that actually, you know. So I think that's why they just have more, you know, fire attached to them right now. Yeah. And and they're flexible, right? Because yeah. as an artist, you're constantly changing the kind of music that you're writing. You're constantly changing the kind of product that you're putting out there. If you have that kind of mindset in everything, it's going to work better. Yeah. You know? 100%. And they're about the people, man. Put the people exactly first. It. Everything's fine. Yeah. And why you would know? you want to leave? Exactly. If you have a team and a family, a team that's like a family, and the family is treating you right, why would you want to leave? Exactly. I you mean, know? dude, there's people at my label that have been there since day one. My VP has been there for the entire stretch. You show me any other, you know, old school label in town right now where the VP has been the same the entire time. Yeah. Not going to find it. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yep. just not going to find it. Yeah. It just, it's more about, it's less about shareholders and more about the music. Yeah. And I think that's the coolest part. Yeah. 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 And so many people sit on the stream game forever and like payouts and I want the payouts to be better for a songwriter right. and streaming. But even like artists are like, you know, well in labels they are like, well, we can't make any money off that. But man, I mean, there's a lot of artists that prove that. Look at jelly roll right dude, now. Fuck dude. That's my guy, man. Come on. Yeah. That's my guy. Look at what and he's those doing. Those are the people that I watch more so than even my peers, because I feel like if I stay within my own genre and walls, a lot of my artists in my category are still controlled by the old, you know, horse and carriage way of, of Nashville. So they haven't like moved on, you know, past what it is now. So jelly, I've known jelly since we had the same publishing deal when I first moved to town, like we were on the same publishing company Yeah, and like watching him literally do it all with no one. Kingpin dude. Yeah. Like, dude, like he's doing it. Yeah. 1.5 million monthly listeners on Spotify Nuts. alone by himself. No playlisting, no nothing. That's real grind, real music, real, followers multiple albums every year yeah. right like and tons of music man tons of music yeah. every youtube video has a million freaking streams yeah, dude, like boss he built a following jelly, of you people. Need to has you done have you done an interview with jelly no i haven't i've never met jelly but jelly, i'm you, a fan oh yeah. that's my boy i'll make <laughs> yeah. that happen <laughs> yeah. i'm a fan jelly come to the house we'll drink i'll even get you tequila yeah <laughs> and y'all sit down on this couch we'll do another podcast you have to uh co-host it with me oh yeah <laughs> oh i got so many questions for jelly yeah. <laughs> i'll bring a notebook like you yeah, <laughs> I'll be like stealing shit. Yeah. <laughs> but man, it's uh, it's it's like we're talking about. It's just the game is changing, right? The the industry is changing. The things that artists are doing to make it work is changing, and it's cool to see someone that having success in that world, right? But man, it's uh, it's cool to see. Like we said, like the game is changing. The world is changing of country music, and a guy like Jelly Roll who lives in a genre that is more open to things easier, right? Like they were on SoundCloud when that was a thing, right? Yeah. Like they were, they were uh, on streaming before country was, right? Like they they realized that radio wasn't the move. Yeah. So using someone like that as a benchmark for current country, right? Being a little bit after that because the genre moves slightly slower, um, is like it's a great move, man. Yeah, dude. I chase them and I chase pop artists. Like what they're doing in their moves yes. is, is what I chase as. An artist and 
lucky for me, I have a label and a label owner that does the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, so yep. like it, it helps me to have, to be a part of a team that is forward thinking, you know, yeah. like I think for a long time, it was just, everybody was a slave to, to radio, you know, like it, it, $1.2 million to spend on a number one song and maybe you'd sell 200,000 units. That's a terrible investment. And then that's one single. So then if it doesn't pop off or go number one to sell 200,000 units, you're way behind on recruitment. Like so many artists are, are just never going to pay this money back. Yeah. You know? And that sucks. And, and that's the thing, like just because you have a song that's on the radio doesn't mean you're selling tickets when you're at a venue, right? We have, we have folks in the room that work on both sides of the business, right? Like that, that is a totally different thing. Fans in seats are real fans. Yeah. Look at Jelly Roll. Yeah, man. He ain't never been on radio. You go to any of his shows, I guarantee you it's 1500 cap and they're all sold out. Dude, that's how I first found out about Jelly Roll. He played Pittsburgh. And the venue sold it out in like an hour and a half. And I was like, who is this guy? God, dude. And like, it's everywhere. And then I was like, oh, here it is. Tech sold out uh, Red Rocks, bro. Yeah. You're talking two guys, Red Rocks. That's a lot of damn seats. Yeah. No radio. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to see that. But like, I mean, there's still value in radio, in my opinion. Um, there are a segment of fans that listen to radio, right? Yeah. The key is getting them from radio and taking them to streaming, Yeah. right? So if you, get, if you catch someone on radio with a song, then you get them to your show or you get them to streaming. But yeah. if you can get them already at your show or streaming before, then you don't need the radio. I think, I think what everybody used to love about the radio and – Full disclosure, my manager was in radio for 27 years before he quit radio and became my manager. But he was the big boss at all the stations, majority that he was at, and he was still able to do music discovery. And kudos to Y108, they like you because you're music discovery. People probably give a shit about the show because it's music discovery. And what happened in radio is they took that away. They made it more about well, what are you going to give me to get this, you know, number yeah. one? And that's, I feel sad because if anybody woke up tomorrow and was like, you can't play music anymore, I would be heartbroken. And I know there's a lot of DJs out there that all they ever wanted to do was be a radio DJ. Right. But, so I don't ever want to cast the blame on them. What's happening to them sucks. Yeah. And I'm hoping that a lot of them make the move like you already did first, which is like, I can still chase down music. I can still do this. But, I mean, because look at Ty Bentley. Like, Ty left after however many years at iHeart. was like, peace out. I'm going to Apple Music. I'm going to do Apple Radio. Well, dude, yeah. there's that. That's a, the cool thing about Apple Radio is that you can listen to, like, Ward from Whiskey Jam. Yeah, I love Ward, too. You can listen to that episode a year and a half later. Yep. Because it's on a DSP, and you have the rights to it. Yep. Right? Yep. Where, like, my show, you got to catch it from 9 to midnight on or Sunday nights on Y108. Right. Yeah. Or it's gone. Yep. And I, you know, I don't know all of those details until I had a radio show and they were like, no, you can't put this online because here's the mechanical licensing you'd have to pay, which I still don't even know what it means, honestly. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a, it's just like a totally different beast, right? When you yeah. already have those rights on a streaming platform, you have that built in, you Dude, know? And who, so our whole thing at the label right now is creating a series, a, I need to be a Netflix special mm-hmm. people. How the mindset is now is like, 
when people find out about a show and they go and catch the first episode, they don't want to wait two weeks for the next episode to come out. Right. They like being able to consume the entire story in one thing to then become a real passionate person about yeah. that story. Right. So I think what happens now with our mindset is radio shows, it's like you're saying, if you don't catch it at that Wednesday between nine and two, it's gone. So yeah. people's mindset now is like, well, shit, if I can't ever catch episode one, why the hell do I want to catch episode 34? I'm way behind. Like, I can't yep. go back. And that's not how we're programmed now because we got Netflix. Where right. we can sit, like someone's like, yo, go watch Game of Thrones. I can sit down and put on watch my TV and I can watch all of it, you know, yep. or Yellowstone. Yellowstone needs to come out way faster than they <laughs> are saying. That. Have you ever seen that? Dude, I haven't. Oh, um, bro. I need to. Get the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be sitting there the whole time. And then at the end, you're going to be like, shit, when does the next season come out? Oh, man. Yeah. That's yeah. why I don't because my life, you know, with the day job, I don't have a lot of time for TV. <laughs> so yeah. if I get you stuck, if I, if I get Sorry, stuck Yellowstone. on a good. Nick T's hustling. Yeah. Can't watch I'll get you. there. I'll get there can't eventually. Watch you. <laughs> But man, it's it's like like we said, it's the game is changing, and country sometimes is slow to that, but they're figuring it out right now, man. Yeah, I think yeah, I think the the world, and specifically like when touring went away, and that's the primary source of income for so many folks, right? Not just artists. Yeah, all the guys behind the scenes, the the people that are putting the stage together, you know, the the bus driver that was driving you around, yeah. you know. Yeah, and you know what else is it showing too is. It's showing what kind of artist the artist was. Yeah. Like what quarantine did and COVID did for uh, a viewer of someone that they love. Yeah. It really showed whether they genuinely love doing what they do or they did it because they were chasing eyeballs, glitter, and fame. Right. Like the ones that are just like chilling on their house and not doing shit now. Like they probably weren't in it to. Yeah. Because the real ones, they're making music twice as hard right now. I think you're, yeah, it's going to thin the herd. Right. Yeah. It's going to thin Thank that. Jesus. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yes. in my head, it's that's the thing too, right? So we get, as, as what I do, which is kind of like a curator, right? Like I always say I'm like A&R for, but direct to fans. You yeah, know what A&R I mean? for the people, bro. Yeah, I'm A&R for the people, yeah. you know? But uh, is I get a lot of music that crosses my desk, but every song that I hear lets me know that the song that I hear that stands out is better, right? So like... There's value in listening to things that you don't love or things that end up not being something that piques your interest, right? Because that's when you realize how special the thing that is special is. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, again, this has allowed me to do as a person is I have a lot of folks sending me content to consume. And me consuming that, like, I could have told you pop punk was coming back in country, like, two years ago yeah because you hear it in what the artists are doing yeah. you know what i mean you hear it in people that don't have record deals or you hear it in demos you yeah. know and if you would i could have told you that like i was like we're all i mean we're the yeah we're the product of it right now. yeah like kids it's, that were back kids that were kids being emo listening to the emo bands. yeah we're now the That's, current right yeah. now so that's why you hear it a lot more. Well, you know, and as you get older, country music usually in my head, country music makes more sense yeah. as you get older, yeah. right? So when you're 15, sometimes I don't know if I like when I was 15, I didn't know if country was cool, right? Yeah. But now 15 year olds are a little bit different because country is cool. Yeah. But back then, I was like, 
I was listening to grunge music, you know? I was listening to Soundgarden. I was listening to Alice in Chains. Well, I think we all had, like, a weird scattered, like, listening yeah, thing. Yeah, pattern. Know? Yeah. I mean, my country, like, I, I listened to a bunch of it, but, like, Brooks and Dunn was my jam. Yeah. Mainly because a lot of people thought they were, like, on the outskirts of, which I think is hilarious because I think Ronnie Dunn has, like, one of the most genuine, amazing country voices in the game. But... Back then, they were like, oh, getting a little too polished. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, really? You know, you listen to it now, and you're like, shit. You know, like, well, it's, if that was too polished, what is this, you know? It's crazy to think how when something's happening, it can be so far off of what you consider to, that genre to be, and then in 10 years, that's who everyone says what their influence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it changes the genre. They said the same thing about Garth Brooks, man. They said Garth wasn't country, you know, like his songs. And now if you talk about what country music is, Garth, you, Garth was it. Those are the know? comments, bro. Yeah. It's, it ain't Garth. This ain't how Garth would do it, bro. You and know? The, the crazy thing for me is no one says Eric Church is in country, but he's rock and roll a lot, right? Yeah. Like the, it's crazy. It's crazy for me too. And I say this, I, I love rock and roll. That's another one of the music that I absolutely love, but no one really yells about, country music being too rock but they complain if it lives in a little bit of any other genre right yeah you know why though too i think it's like your bands like leonard skinner that you can't argue yeah that dance a line of extremely country lyric but still very rock and roll eagles yeah eagles yeah Yeah, dude like i feel like it's because those kids dads would probably whip their ass if you know (laughs) they talk trash you know but even church like church is like big like Springsteen, like you know, oh, yeah. like, that's his that's his shit. And I love Kit Moore. Kit Moore catches a lot of shit sometimes too. But oh, but he's he's very rock influenced. Yeah. But some people complain about that, but it's not nearly as much as like any other oh, dude, yeah. kind of like go around. Like, oh, I see it in the YouTube content. Yeah. Comments. <laughs> but, but you man, ain't country man. Look at this poser. In my <laughs> head, it's like this, man. I, I think there's room in it for everything, right? If you talk about the things that I love in country music, there's some lines, right? Yeah. But if something's great, it's great. Yeah. You know, who am I to say that something's not right? Think, think about how many bands would be missed if so people were like so narrow-minded. Like, I wouldn't know who you were if we both didn't love the Cadillac 3 enough That's it. for A, you to come to the show and B, to me for B, begging for an opening slot. Right. You know, like, yeah. I stayed on tour with them that year. Yeah. And it's because I love that music, you know? Yeah. And if I was so narrow-minded to go... Well, if it ain't Brooks and Dunn or if it isn't this, yeah, then screw it. I'm not going to listen to it. And I, as like kids getting on there and commenting and shit, man, it, sometimes it's it's so crazy to me. It's like if you don't like what you're hearing, there's a skip button. Yeah, skip it. It's so know? easy now to and go then, to the next song. <laughs> yeah, and I and I hate it because there is an artist out there right now that is making music, and because the first hundred people that he played his he or she played their music for got shitty comments they quit being an artist how how fucked up is that like because we live in a world where they can quickly comment on something and talk shit on it it will discourage an actual like imagine if garth brooks or eric church who got kicked off of a rascal flats tour (laughs) because he took too long or whatever imagine if they quit yeah like Dude, Brooks and Dunn and, uh, you know, Ronnie and Kicks, 
34 and 36 when they started playing music. They'd gotten kicked in the teeth a million times before they got to that point. Imagine if they quit, you know? Brett Young, Sam Hunt. Like, say what you will about those guys. I love their music. but Crazy, talented songwriters. 40 years old. Old Dominion. They got kicked. Dude, I played shows with them when there was 100 kids there. And they were in their mid-30s where most people would, like, cut them off just on age. You know, like... They kept going, and thank God they did, because yeah. think of all the music we would have missed. And I think that if, if the faster we can try to curve, like, shit-talking and stereotypes, the better the music genre will be. Yeah. Because you know? I don't ever want Bonnie Raitt to ever stop making music, but she stopped because people said she was too old to make it. Yeah. You know? Which sucks. For me, and that's kind of what one of the things that Ray's Rowdy as a platform embraces is if it's something that I don't like, I just don't talk about it. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. so much that I do like that why would I spend my time telling you what sucks? Yeah. When I could talk about music that I love. Dude, and God bless you for that. Because there's so many other blogs that don't follow that. They love the trend of hating on an artist. And that stuff bothers the shit out of me. If like if you aren't my kind of music, fine. But I'm not gonna shit talk you about it. Because there's somebody somewhere that one of your songs could affect and change one person. Yeah. And that was your purpose, was to put out that one song that changed one person. And if I'm the guy that screwed up that path to save that one person, I'm an, I'm an asshole. Yeah. You know? And there's so many blogs that love jumping on that shit to talk, to talk trash on an artist or creators. But none of those guys are musically inclined. Like, none of them. Like... You put one of those bloggers in front of this studio right now (laughs) and tell them to play three chords and write a song, they couldn't do it at all. So I don't feel like you have any room to say shit, you know? And that's it, man. I myself am not musically inclined. And that's another thing. Like, who am I to say? And, dude, I I miss the boat sometimes on stuff that I'm like, I don't get this, you know? And that's why I have a platform where I have other people that love country music and love music in general that I give the power to talk about the things they love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even if I don't get it necessarily, I don't have to, Yeah. if they get it and I trust their knowledge and I trust what they like and you know, the things that they're into, that's what I can give. I can give a platform to help. I mean, dude, easily when I put out that first DP that you, that I was touring with Cadillac, I was green as shit. Like I made that record. I made that record in my house, gutted out the house at the time Turn it into a studio. I made that record in my house. Like, instead of, like, you embrace the fact that I was ballsy enough to gut a house and make a record. Not all polished, not all, you know, music growth. But imagine if you came to me when I put that record on, you're like, bro, this is trash. Like, it's not pro enough to even be in the game right now. Like, if those opinions, I think people don't understand. Like, everybody wants an artist to be like a person. Yeah. But nobody wants an artist to act like a person. person. Yeah. And that's that's screwed up. You know, like, we're people. You're not a machine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have bad days. Yeah, and we're you emotional know. people already. That's why right. we write songs. Like, yep. you know, if I was some cold hearted some bitch, I'm not, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I can't make, I can't come from a real emotion because I don't have any. Right. You know, so, like, we're already emotional people. So, I don't know, I just, I appreciate platforms like you where, because I see a lot of kids, like, dude, Matt Roy, like, you were talking about Matt Roy shit, who I love personally because I knew him when he was 
17, 18 years old, riding with me and Taylor. Great rider. So amazing rider, but young, and he was blossoming into a rider. You supported him as he was blossoming before he had the number one song, before he had all this other. Like, that stuff is so important, man, because at him he was so influenced, so heavily influenced, that if somebody was like, this is garbage, we wouldn't have those number one songs, well, you know? Well, and the key is, like, there's things that you can tell when someone has something, right? You might not even know what it is, right? Yeah. It could be a voice. It could be a line or two in a song, you know? But you can tell when something has when someone has something special. Yeah. Even if it's broken down. Look at a guy like Zach Bryan, right? Yeah. Dude, I love him, man. So fantastic, yeah. right? And like but raw his shit. music was so raw, like oh. recorded on a camera phone basically. Yeah. And then with like a audio interface with buddies that didn't know what was going on, you know? Yeah. So like it, a guy like that basically sets himself up, but when you hear the lyrics, you know it's special. Yep. Right? And how he talks to people, too. Like, his people is amazing. Yeah. Know? Like, I just... Those are the real kind of artists that if they got discouraged, it would have screwed them up. Yeah. It's it's great to see so many different folks have the ability to succeed. And it's really great to see an artist like you who, like you said, you know, played kind of like that raw, like almost southern rocky country and yeah. really hone in on who you are as an artist who you are as a songwriter and what your sound is yeah you know well, i appreciate it dog i wouldn't be here without awesome people in my corner like you so i'm pumped and i i'm so excited about the things you have coming up too and like it you're a real champion for new artists and i think that that's such an important thing because there's so many that get kicked in the face like I was one of them, but luckily for me, I grew up in playing in bars, man. Like, so I had a different path, and I had an Eric Church path or a Ronnie Dunn path where, if you sucked, the guy in the bar would tell you you suck, <laughs> and you have to still play through the rest of that show while that guy tells you you suck. So, like, I have a thick skin, so when they talk shit on me, I really don't care. But there's not a lot of kids yeah. that are like that, you know. So it's the ones that are like that though, that persevere and that end up being successful. Cause yeah. what that does for you is it makes you want it even more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, dude, we talked about him, but like, think about jelly. If you listen to all those mean ass comments and his shit, like God, so much music and his, his music for real saves lives. Like, yeah. And I tell him that all the time. Like he's such a good freaking dude and he's just champion for other artists. And he doesn't, even if he doesn't fuck with your music, like he, he still champions you to create, you yeah. know? And like, I just love that about him. That more people could learn a lot more from people like you and Jelly. Yeah. Well, man, let's tell people, you have anything else coming out soon? So I, I do. know we just dropped. Let's talk about that. When this podcast is over, I'm going to play it for you too. Yes, let's go. <laughs> so, so I, I'm on the, again, I'm blessed to be on the tip of having a label that wants to, you know, be innovative and be on the edge. I want to put out music every eight weeks. That's how I want to do it this year. Let's go. So I am doing it that way. Yes. And uh, so I have, I'm going in the studio tomorrow, cutting another four, and I'm just going to put out music every single, every eight weeks. That's amazing. New singles coming out. So that's what we're doing. We're just going to chase that down, and I'm pumped. I'm, I'm going to be more, like you saw the This Town video, 
it's not really a music video. It's more yeah. more personal, more of a storytelling thing. And that's what I want to be now is more of a vulnerable place as an artist and tell those real stories, even in the videos. And this next song we're doing, like we have a, a dope video concept for. Heck I just want to humanize music, man. Because yeah. it is humanized. And I think with all the shit talking that happens now with country music and all that kind of stuff, it's dehumanized kind of the stuff. So I want to try to do more of that. Man, that's great to hear. I'm stoked to get new music from you consistently. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so pumped after Let's we're done to play this song. Because yes. this is the one I've been trying to play you forever, but for yes. so I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I promise not to play it on the radio until you yeah. tell me I can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But man, thanks so much for sitting down and having me at this amazing spot. Here dude, do house. more here, man. Yeah. It's a, well, dude, well, I'll great. set this shit up anytime you want. Dude. Let's Come do on. Hey, if this gets on Nikki T's YouTube. Be sure to comment in the comments. You want to see more of this because <laughs> I want to see more of this. So if you agree with me, comment in the comments so we can do some more videography and more like real moments with artists because this is what I learned from as an artist. And dude, I, I want to tell you this too because I think it's important. When a, a person does this kind of platform, they think that their main platform is and listener base is like, the people who fan of the music, like they listen to the music, but you have way like a huge separate group of artists that really like to pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah. And it's important to us as artists to have a platform like that where we can go and learn from other writers and other artists and, it, you know, consume it. So if you're an artist out there, make sure you comment. Then you can show up here in my house. Yeah. Screw it. I'll serve you whiskey. I don't care. Yeah. You got enough of it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do have a, lot. I have a lot. Help me drink it. Please. Yeah. But man, like I said, thanks so much for jumping back on. I've only yeah. had a few people back on. It was you, Hannah Dasher, Ray Fulcher, and Ryan Nelson. Man, so what a damn group. That's a crew. That's, that's, a, that's, that's the Ray's Riding crew. crew, man. I that's love the Ray's Riding yeah. crew right there, man. Yeah. So thank you so much for, Dude, thank you, homie. for doing this. I appreciate it. And Absolutely. Let's finish drinking this whiskey. Yeah, we're going to drink more whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and watching it this time. And uh, we'll see you guys soon, hopefully at a show, Sam yeah. Grow Show. Yeah. Maybe it'll have to be in Delaware. Maybe it's going to be at your house next to the Come murder on. mattress. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm Nikki T, and we'll see you in the front row. All the good old days. You don't have to explain it. It's just the way you are.